All right, Black Box Radio, we're in the Rona Report. Um, Today, we have Brother James Mayo. Say hi to the people, brother. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, hey. How y'all doing? Love it, love it. So, Brother James, tell the people, what do you do professionally? What would you be doing normally in, um, is this May, April? Uh, Well, honestly, I just started um, substitute teaching after 10 years of, of full teaching. About four or five years ago, I came out of the classroom and I was... Uh, I basically substitute teaching. I played for Wiley Funeral Homes, both locations, one out in um, the one out in the county, one here in the city on Mount Street. Um, and I play uh, professionally for Perkins Square Baptist Church on Warwick and Emerson. Come see us. Um, What's the name so, of the church again? Say it again. Uh, Perkins? Perkins Square Baptist Perkins Square. Church okay, on Emerson and Warwick, right in the corner, big stone, graystone church. Yes, Dr. Sir. Mason's my pastor. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I that's basically what I do. And I, you know, I have my own nonprofit core ensemble, CameraRiderBaltimore.org. Y'all can check us out there. Um, just kind of got my hands in, in different things. I sing with Baltimore Core Art Society. Um, Anthony Blake Clark is the artistic director there. Um, and of course, I have my um, and I'm gospel choir director for Johns Hopkins University. So busy, busy, busy. Wow, you you didn't mention that you're a Facebook gospel jubilee artist, did you? <laughs> That's only recent because of this COVID. <laughs> That's how I met you jubilees. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. So you you teach? Did you teach music or? I um, did. I, okay. I taught. Yeah, I taught music. Um, my whole career. I started in like 2005 uh, in Baltimore City. Taught for two years there, and then I um, did some teaching in the private sector at several different schools. And I, yeah, I taught music. Um, specifically, I was teaching choirs. Choir. So um, I did, um, you know, a lot of development work on like building uh, different choirs at different schools and things like that. Hmm. Yeah. So how has that been effective? Because singing is a more intimate, you know, especially in churches. Um, so how has that been affected? Because you're very, seem like very enshrouded in the community and, and being outside and in different arenas. How has um, the Rona affected all of that? Honestly, like, well, you know, the being able to get together. Well, first of all, let me start with this. So we can't get together. Yep. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, it, it it's basically it's non-existent at this point. So we went from, you know, hero to zero, mm. um, you know, and like there were a number of choirs. We were all at the, you know, getting our spring concerts together. And a lot of that um, in the arts professions have been canceled. Everything has been canceled, mm. um, but we're doing our best, especially for um, many of my teacher friends um, who are still in the classroom. They've been able to kind of bounce back a little bit from um you know, using virtual assistance and classes and things like that. But it's still hard, you know, because yep. uh, you've got uh, kids who play instruments who need that kind of one-on-one attention that they can't really get virtually. And they kind of need that human interaction. Parents don't know how to play the instrument. They're not too knowledgeable about it. So it's like, you know, it's been very difficult. Um and like I said, we were, you know, preparing all these different concerts. And so all of those, it feels like for naught. But honestly, I know for Camera to Baltimore, we had a pretty big season coming up with like, we do classical stuff. So we were going to do Farway's Requiem. We're just going to move it to next spring. Um, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, so it's really affected the music industry. And I would even go as far as to say, like, it's affected, you know, performing arts, you know, dance Ooh. and theater yeah. and, the, you know, even visual arts like Micah is closed. 
yep. you know, you know, so, you, you know, museums are closed. Like it is. Mm-hmm. Re- and a lot of these people are freelancers, yep. you know, and, you know, very few people have access to full time professorships or full time music teachers and things because they have to be certified and all this other stuff. So, uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of different facets to that whole the whole music thing. But so a lot of my friends are, are freelancers like myself now. Um, and I've been one of the, the lucky ones, you know, one of the blessed ones really, you know, that my pastor, Dr. Mason has um, kept me employed as best as he can, you know, given the mm-hmm. ties and offering that are coming in. Um, so, yeah. That's a blessing. Really it's yeah. absolutely a blessing. I mean, and when you're not um, a creative that sings or a part of the music world, you wouldn't know this. So it's amazing to hear that. It's a lot of people who created a niche or a space for themselves in this industry that has been, has, has been, it's, it's gone. I mean, yeah, they can't work and don't know how they're going to work. There's no propensity to work. Right. Right. In the very situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of, you know, my constituents, they're all being very creative in their approach. So like we still have, you know, we're creative people. So what Mm -hmm. we try to do is, you know, we try to make it work online. We do those virtual lessons through zoom or, yeah, I was going to ask you how rehearsal looks. So it's rehearsal on Zoom. Yeah, well, honestly, it hasn't. That hasn't been my testimony. So mm, <laughs> I've okay. never. I haven't had to um, do lessons. Um, I've done all of my lessons, not recently, but I usually do all of my lessons in person. Um, and I've kind of backed off of the market of um, private lessons for now. Mm. Um, but. Um, yeah, a lot of my, um, a lot of my friends are are doing these private lessons and they're, you know, using their iPads and using their iPhones to, you know, really make it work. And, you know, looking at little Johnny, you know, and his fingering on his string, you know, on his, on the board of his guitar or on, Mm -hmm. you know, look at his fingers on piano or even so far as to listen so keenly, um, to, the voice, you know, you got to teach people how to sing. Like I, I was witness to um, a lesson that one of my friends, Christian Isaiah Simmons, who's this fabulous bass, bass baritone. Um, I saw him briefly doing something on his Facebook with his teacher, um, the incomparable Kevin Short, who's a dynamic uh, bass and uh, sings for the Met and all this other stuff. And they were doing a lesson. And it was incredible, like how he was able to still hear, um, even with the added, um, think of a mic because the voice is, is authentic and it has a distinctive sound. But when you put it through a mic and pipe it through a mic, it can be a little twangy. Um, and so there are a lot of different, you know, there are a lot of different variables to take into consideration, you know, when you're teaching instruments and stuff like that, this whole environment. So um, as a young person, I um, learned, I was te- being taught the piano, in other words. And my teacher said, on the same bench on the side of me. She was amazing. But she would look at my fingers and then she could play what I didn't do right. And I could see. You understand what I'm saying? So because right. I'm a very visual, I need to see. So she, I remember that. And it was so important for her to be there and see my fingers and me see hers. <clears throat> and um, and also when you're younger, your fingers are smaller. So the extension it needed. Right. You, you, I was learning all of that as I was really young. Mm-hmm. And then when I got in high school, I I played the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And I remember my band teacher would put would move my fingers right on those three, and it was so amazing for that for him to do that because it, that's how I learned. And so now all of that, all that intimacy is gone. 
Exactly, exactly. And I think of like string instruments to go as far as like a fretless like string instrument, like a violin, you yes. know, those you know, like, viola, like, yep. Yeah, you know, being able to have like, you know, a teacher say, okay, you're a little too high because the pitch is too high. You got to move it here. And they have to be very, now they have to be able to convey all of that information online and, you know, be able to tell and speak, you know, at different levels for different, you know, kids um, at different ages. You know, they were doing that before, but you have this added element of not having that human interaction and just kind of being able to say, okay, move it here and, you know, move it for them and them feeling good about it. So, it's really this time is really really interesting. Yeah, one of the um, one of the big things it is a different way that you need to communicate mm-hmm. when when you lose um, certain aspects of the sensory experience, mm-hmm. you have to alter your communication to fill in those gaps. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so the biggest gap or the biggest challenge that a lot of people are having is understanding the depth and clarity of the communication that's required to fill in that sensory gap. Absolutely. absolutely. Because there's so much that you can convey in your body language and with motion that when you lose that, you need to be explicit in the other forms of communication in order to fill fill in those gaps. So the, the, the learning curve for educators is understanding where those gaps are and figuring out ways that they can effectively fill those gaps and deal with the constraints of uh, a mediated education experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would agree with all that. It's basically just like, you know, a person who um, suddenly been blind, you know, to give an example, you know, who has to, like you said, their senses have to be enhanced and they have to learn. Right. Same and thing with yeah. the educators, you know, they're having to take, you know, in a very short amount of time, adapt and adjust to mm-hmm. what's happening, um, you know, um, in, in this climate. So, yeah, I totally agree. So you have like two two sides of your um, sort of creative practice as an educator and also as a performer. And you spoke briefly about being able to share performances online and and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the biggest challenge from for creative professional who's going to be performing online is now if you were doing a show here in Baltimore. okay. People have, will come out and maybe you competing against what's going on in Baltimore. Now, if you go online, you competing against Babyface and Teddy yeah. Riley. And Teddy Riley. <laughs> like you know, so if you are if you are performing now, you're trying to gather an audience. Now, it's the whole world is what people have an opportunity to check out. So yeah, it's hard. <laughs> oh it, yeah, and it was hard before. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, just be and like I mean, because everybody think of it this way. Like prime example, we all weren't online, um, but you know, there were enough of us who have gotten sick of the recording industry and the tactics that they use in order to try to get money from indie artists or artists who are on their label. So we transferred to places like United Masters or to TuneCore, who allowed us to be you know, indie artists and get right. all of our be your own label. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so you have to compete against all of that. You have to be your own distributor. You've got to be your own website designer. You've got to be all these different things, but you still have the freedom to be creative. And I think that's the trade off for so many people. But we I think a lot of musicians honestly don't even think about all that analytical stuff. They just want to make music. They just want to create. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, and, and, and that's not to say that's not there. It's definitely there, but they just don't think about it. I know when I first started, like, I didn't think about any of it. I just wanted to make music. I didn't mm-hmm. worry about who was listening. And the thing is like a lot of 
you'd be you'd be surprised to know that a lot of uh, stories of a lot of these artists who have started it was all very coincidental. You know, they were just you know they weren't looking to make a whole lot of money. Um, they were just in it to do it, and their heart was right, and it mm-hmm. was it just happened to be in the right place at the right time and it just happened and they went viral and you know it's it, it's the universe works in such mysterious ways you know you got people like myself who um do it professionally and you know we need to make money and that's kind of our primary focus but then you have these other people who just like you know the hell with it i'm out here you know, just trying to make music and then all of a sudden it happens. And of course, those... <laughs> and then everybody hating. Oh. Right. They're a little jealous. Yeah. Going like, Look, I've been out here for 30 years. <laughs> you know, I done put uh, tens of thousands of dollars into this education and blah, blah, blah. Right. blah and, all you know, these hours and then it's just somebody just has a really cute idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and you know, so there's that dynamic as well. So, I mean, it's it's a lot. Like you said, there's so many people now online, but I think so the, I think part of um, the solution to this is just being authentic in your approach mm-hmm. and, and, and the spirit behind which you do these things. I think that has such a huge, huge um, effect mm-hmm. on how, you know, people, um, uh, how, how people will, one, uh, receive your music. Because like I said, spirit conveys spirit. Like, you know, people can real recognize as real. And Mm -hmm. so people know, you know, when you're out to really make, just be making money and people know, you know, just by listening to your music, like what you're trying to do, you know, you'd be surprised at how like connected, um, we all are, um, on that level, um, Mm. especially through music. So, yeah. They said that's the universal language, bro. It is. It Mm -hmm. really is. Like, it's the only language where we can all communicate. You know that we, we can all really communicate and communicate well, and um, and be calm about it without, <laughs> you know, you know, causing wars. I know because uh, around the world they don't know Trump, but I bet they know Michael Jackson. I bet right. you go anywhere in the world and they know some Billie Jean. That's what I was just see, and guess what? I was thinking, I was just thinking Billie Jean when you said it. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I was just, promise you, Michael is everywhere. That's it. That's because it. I that's mean, what music does. It infiltrates everything. Hey, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. It's yeah. the key. And that's yeah, why it's so powerful. Key. And they understand when we create new genres, they come for it because they understand the power. You know, and they understand what music does and how it can infiltrate and how it changes people's thinking and how it can it can wake people up. Music is just an amazing stim. It's a stimulant. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's absolutely that. So, brother um James. Uh-huh. So we um really which it which you have laid down is amazing because me not being a musician, um, it's amazing to hear what you're saying, but it's so in line with being a creative. And when you a person that create, then it's like we all are feeling this hit. I don't care right. if you create music. Or if you create something else, or you outside creating pipe pipes that that sing, or you create drums, you still cannot create at this moment. Right. Well, you can, but it's been it's limited, or yeah. it's it's not the way we usually create. So it seems to me like this coronavirus has changed the way we move as humans. What do you think yeah. about that? like when it comes to like because we have no interaction, we got to change everything. Well, 
I, I do. I will say that there is a whole generation of people who have always created this way in these Ooh. circumstances. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Talk to yeah. me. Um, Basically, any art, basically any recording artist that's come out in the last 10 years, okay. more than likely, yeah. he got his beats off of SoundCloud from another producer that's making stuff. They never met each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, they recorded it right in their room at their house. Like, so there are there's a whole generation of people who are able to create in a distributed manner. Mm-hmm. And that sort of dominate that sort of dominates the sound in popular music right now. So there are people who are kind of enculturated into this way of creating but the the mass majority of people aren't yeah um because if you create information or you create um just like us i mean you have to create a whole new movement because music is a is a creation but it's so uh, so many things people are creating creating that they have no platform anymore because corona has actually taken it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and, and now we are in a virtual movement but is it is can it be applied to every creation? That's the question. That's well, I think that's a good question, and I think I believe so. Okay. I think, okay. yeah, I think so. I believe that you know, um, I, and if it can't at this point, it will. I don't <laughs> think that <laughs> or it'll die. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it. You gotta you gotta make the best of the situation. Um, and I, this is certainly like I, my mom and I have been discussing like. This is, we're not going to be returning to normal. And people kind of need to get that in their heads too. Like, we're going to have to do some serious adaptations um, in all facets of life. Um, And so that's just, I mean, and that goes outside with music and, um, you know, outside of music, everything. So like, yeah, if you you can't create now, if you couldn't create in a digital world, which was kind of like, it was kind of a, before this whole COVID thing, it's kind of like a hybrid type of thing. Mm-hmm. Now we're moving strictly to digital and online stuff because we're having to, mm-hmm. you know? And so you got to really make that switch. You're going to gonna have to do it. It's and and that's why I said that. I'm glad you yeah. said that. And like your mother, you segue my mother there, then another spark in their life. They're not looking yeah. to create no technology. Right. But the number one thing is now, if you are creating, and I'm telling anyone, please, Get virtual. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. going to have to change the way that you do things because we are being engin- engineered towards technology. Even if yeah. you don't like it, you have no choice. You have no choice. None whatsoever. So it's a wake and, up call. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to leave you behind. If you don't mm. know, it's like it's like Darwinism. It's just the survival of the fittest. Like you better get on, on the train before this train leaves the station. You know, you're right, you're right. If it's not already closed, yeah, right, exactly. You know, shoot, yeah. you may have your ticket and everything else, but that train taking off and you ain't on it. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. And that's who we are. And a lot of people are looking around at their hands, but you better get if you don't have computer or you're not one of you don't want to be computer savvy. This the way that the 21st century is moving, it's going to leave you behind. It really yeah. Is. Absolutely. And that's the truth. COVID didn't, it's only exasperated it. Exactly. It's happening anyway. Let's be clear. So don't act like it hasn't been happening. It was happening. Now it's actually happening. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) As you say. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, you got to get on board. Got to get on board. Old, young, I don't care who you, young people, they did. Oh, yeah. It's us crusties. 
Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, generally the young people were there. I, my godson, I can talk about him. Yeah. He, 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 I mean, he is not really into computers. He's a sports kid. Okay. Which is completely kind of opposite of me because I don't know how that bond happened, but um, he he's he's an athlete and he doesn't really have a love of, for computers. He likes social media. Now that's his thing, mm-hmm. you know. But as far as like you know, like getting on and doing word processing and all this stuff, that that's just not his thing. Word yeah. processing. No, what? Well, I mean, like you know, being able <laughs> to type because they take it. Well, Jamie, that's the thing. You don't do that, no. <laughs> well, I'm saying, and you see, I'm old. Oh, program. Nah, <laughs> What's weird, Programming. Programming. Oh, see, old school, old school language. Word processing, you know. <laughs> and I think, and I got that probably just thinking about Microsoft Word, but in all this is like, you know, he's he he's not into like using Microsoft Word and all that stuff, you know. And he'll have to. Huh? Well, I think I think the point that you're making is this is there's two tools of consumption and tools of creation. And so there are a lot of people who their interaction with technology is to consume. Yep. It's not used to create anything. Agree. 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 Absolutely. And I think Absolutely. that's the majority population. The majority consumes. Of course, it's made for consumption, but it is actually a tool for creation as mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 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 All right, Brother James, we're at the LYT, the Jubilee time. So um, at the last will and testament, that is something we leave with the people. We inspire. um, You could talk to them. I know you're incredibly talented. Um, You were supposed to be at the pipe. Organ. (laughs) 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 I did speak about my panels. And I'm not getting that, but um, we need you to leave something amazing with the people. I know you have incredible talent, so we would love some of your talent. But if it's something you want to say, but leave a jewel with the people. Absolutely. So I'll just I just want to say everybody be encouraged, you know, and, you know, get out here, create um, and and get with the times, you know, Um, because these these are the times that tried men's souls. So yeah, that's what I gotta leave with y'all. I just I'm I'm Wait you know minute. I'm excited for what's <laughs> I never interview man I never interview nobody's testing, <laughs> but you're not gonna do that today. <laughs> no, 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 no. You done said be encouraged, you gotta leave us with something. If you're gonna say be encouraged, you need to sing some of be encouraged. Okay. <laughs> if, if you, were, you know, like the um the tile Tyler Perry thing. The, um, I forgot what that was. Um, the whole world in your hand or something. You got to give us something. Okay. Right. Come on with it. Uh, okay. I'll give y'all. Um, all right. I'll do the Donna Lawrence. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Mm. Sometimes you have to speak victory during the test and no matter how you feel speak the words and you will be healed speak over yourself encourage yourself in the Lord Amen.
Thank you, brother. Be encouraged, everybody. We're going to be all right. Amen. Brother James, thank you so much for taking some time this afternoon to talk with us and to share your experience as an educator, as an artist and a performer in this unique time that we're experiencing in history. We really appreciate your perspective. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate your time. For those who were just listening to those beautiful tones and this interesting conversation, if you want to hear more voices from the Rona Report, you can find them at blackboxradio.com. That's B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Black Box and on Twitter at Box Black. That's B-O-X-X. B-L-A-K. And please, if you're hearing this now, make sure that you share it with your friends and family so all these important voices can be heard. Yes. Brother Jane. Yes, 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 yes. We so appreciate it. I mean, you just inspired me so much with that Donald Lawrence. I thought he was in the building. <laughs> oh, that's very that kind. Amazing. I appreciate that. Yes, so we much. really appreciate in your words. I mean, uh, we really appreciate your your um, perspective, um, especially in the music industry. So thank you so much for your time. All right, so we're in a Rona report. It is four twenty two twenty. This is Black Box Radio. We out. Peace. <laughs>